All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Before we get started, we'd like to let you know that the Uncommon Gem podcast is an adult content show, meaning we may go into explicit detail or say some explicit words when talking about today's subjects. We also like to inform you that we're not paid or sponsored by any of the donations or charities in the episode. We simply just are giving it a shout out and hopefully spreading the word on some good causes. Thanks again for tuning in and let's get on with the show. Folks, we are back again. Episode 8. No, this is episode 19. Oh, boy. Now I'm getting lost with the episodes. It's episode 19 of the Other Common Gem Podcast. It's your host, Kevin Estevez, back again. Now older, now wiser. When I was starting this podcast, I was but a 27-year-old. Now I'm 28. Life's different, these eyes. Life's a lot different. Things are happening. Things are changing. However, I'm still the same old me. Any lessons I've learned in this life is, you know, experience the journey, folks. Take that journey and really experience it. Really go through with it. Learn to live it and learn to love it. Try new things. That's that's all I, I've learned in these 28 years of my life. But what the fuck do I know, right? Folks, as always, we always have some exciting guests on the show. We always try to bring some lively and unique guests. And I'm very excited to have this person on. She is a stand-up comedian. Catch her out in New York every now and again. But she's also the co-host of the Firestarters comedy show, which focuses on bringing women and LGBTQIA plus comedians onto the stage for open night nights, which we all love, honestly. Folks, please give a warm welcome to Divya Gunasekran. Yay! Happy to be here. <laughs> welcome and thank you so much for hopping on the show. How you been? I'm good. You know, things are opening up, which is kind of, it's like a, a good thing and also just overwhelming and I'm not ready for it. So. <laughs> I know, it's, it's like so fast paced. I feel like they just announced just a couple weeks ago that we were opening in July and now it's July. <laughs> Yeah, they were just like, you remember how to socialize, go. It's like, no. <laughs> very cool, very cool. Well, Divya, please tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Tell us where, how you got into the comedy career. Tell us how you've been in this pandemic times. Yeah, uh, I, I've i always loved comedy. So even as a kid, like I loved Mad TV. I watched SNL. I watched like the Comedy Central Presents, those half hour shows on Comedy Central. So it was just always something I really loved and wanted to do and as a teenager, I would write terrible jokes just for years and never perform them, which probably is, is a blessing. But at some point I was just like, I need to actually try this on stage. <laughs> so that was really, it. it was just kind of something I always wanted to do and really admired. So I'm glad that I, I fell into that. So now I'm, I'm based in Manhattan in New York and it's great. I mean, there's just so many comedians here, so many opportunities to perform. Uh, a lot of different scenes in this area so you can kind of get lots of experience lots of different styles of comedy which i think is really nice very true and i think that's really cool that especially with the new york scene like you said it's diverse so you get to see those diverse elements on stage all the time especially with the outdoor shows which you you're prominent and you're really in, big into that scene you're kind of hopping all over new york how was that feeling of kind of being an outdoor comedian for a couple Pretty much a year, actually. <laughs> yeah, on one hand, it's nice that you're just outside and it's lovely out. On <laughs> on the other hand, it is, like, there are a lot of distractions. You know, there's people running around, there's bands playing music, there's running clubs running through your performance. <laughs> and I, I find it difficult, too, because I'm 
a lot of my jokes really are focused on the writing. So you actually have to listen, listen to the whole thing. Like it's not just like you can tune in and out and it'll be funny. That I always find particularly hard is to like keep everyone's attention long enough for them to actually hear your jokes. So I think that's just kind of the, the struggle, but it's fun too when you can just, I think it does push you to interact more with the audience and with people, which is a good skill to learn. So tell us a little bit about Firestarters because correct me if I'm wrong, this actually started as an in-person show, then COVID happened and then you guys went virtual, right? Like that's how it kind of became a thing? Yeah, so we started as, at first we started as an open mic, which is where comedians can just work out their material, mostly for other comedians. But we had some audience too sometimes. So that was, we had a weekly open mic. I think we started like end of September 2019. So we were running that for a few months and then had planned to do our first monthly show (laughs) the month of March 2020. We were really excited for it. And then of course COVID hit. And I remember everything went into lockdown and we were like, you know what, things might be open in a few weeks. Like we might <laughs> might still be able to do this show. And then of course, like it's just been a year of, and so we transitioned to doing the mic virtually, which was really nice. I think it just gave us an opportunity to just keep practicing, keep those muscles flexed in a way. So that was fun. And then Thankfully, March of this year, we were able to come back in person with the open mic. And then last month had our first monthly show, which was a ton of fun. We had, Hell yeah. yeah, we had like a bunch of comics who are regulars at our mic, as well as Jay Jordan was our headliner and he's absolutely fantastic. So it was a really fun show. And I love that, you know, it's so diverse too. the fact that you are mainly trying to acquire women and LGBTQIA plus members in... Uh, along with you, you also have uh, Alex Kim, I believe the name is, right? Yes, as he's the co-host. my co-producer. So, you yeah. know, it, it's just great to see that diverse lineup already just on the forefront for these shows. So definitely check it out. It's a monthly show at Eastville Comedy Club, correct? Correct, yes. Awesome. Monday at 8 p.m. Awesome. Do you have any other big, exciting projects ongoing? Kind of just kind of doing the stand-up thing? Anything else kind of going on in your life there? Yeah, mainly focused on stand-up. I think that's kind of my core area, but working with some friends on sketches, I'm just always writing. Nothing fully fledged yet, that's stuff in the works. <laughs> well, well, be on the lookout, folks, because Divya is definitely gonna be up there, I tell you. When I saw her live the first time on stand-up, I was like, wow, just uh, immediately like got everyone's attention, immediately got everyone laughing, and that's just what you wanna see out of a comedian, but especially you know in these dark times, I think it's so important. So really shout outs to you, and we, we look forward to seeing what you got coming up next. <laughs> oh, that's so kind. Well, folks, as always, we like to take time to shout out a donation, a charity, or a service that the guests would like to talk about on the show. So today, Divya is so kind to bring one to our attention today. Divya, do you mind telling the folks what we're going to be talking about? Yeah, I picked UNICEF for my charity. Perfect. I mean, folks, I I would hope you know what UNICEF is. I I think it's pretty prominent, but what an important cause, honestly, Uh, especially for children, especially for people around the world. You know, so much is going on in the world. You look at United States, but... You see so much going bad, but you, you know, you look at what happens in South Asia, Yemen, all these other places. There's so much going on, and UNICEF really makes sure to take the time to help those people, help the children, and make sure they're all safe, but more importantly, make sure they're fed, they're educated, that their mental health is taken care of, that their support system is taken care of, too. You wanted to bring this up for a specific reason, correct? Yeah, so I picked UNICEF specifically because of the work they've been doing in India to provide COVID relief. 
So obviously, I think a lot of people are aware how bad things got a few months ago and cases do seem to be going down, but the fear is that COVID is still spreading through the country, even though it seems to be going down in the major cities. And the reality is that uh, most people think that a lot of these numbers are underreported. So it's still an issue. There's, you know, we still need to provide support to India. 100%, 100%. I mean, and it's so sad that, you know, we we live in America where we have so many people that are turning away the vaccination. So I'm glad to see that, you know, we are now shipping out some vaccinations a little too late, if you're asking me personally, but I am glad to see there is an effort and USF is definitely aiding that effort and making sure those vaccinations do get to the people that need it. It's a lot of people in South Asia. It's so many people in South Asia. And, you know, you look at those numbers and you really are concerned and you really want to make sure they're taken care of. I'm sure, you know, a lot of your friends and family are also, you know, being hurt by this too. So you, you really want to make sure they're all taken care of too. Yeah. And, you know, India is a leading manufacturer of, of the vaccine and yet the population is so vastly under vaccinated and even recently like there were reports of fake vaccination drives where people are getting scammed like they're being charged for the vaccine and then not not actually given the vaccine they're just being given salt water so i think really like there just needs to be a lot of focus in making sure that we get doses to india that the population gets vaccinated uh, and educated so that we can protect people because ultimately there's a lot of people there that deserve help and then of course the only way, like, it is a global pandemic, so the only way to really control this is to make sure that across the globe, people are getting vaccinated. Couldn't say it better myself. Folks, so you're going to go to unicef.org, that is U-N-I-C-E-F.org, and also when you go to the website, I think it's really cool, they have a lot of resources, um, so you can really, like, click and find out what country you can aid and how you can aid a specific country. You can find out how to work with UNICEF themselves and figure out how you can offer volunteer services and stuff like that. So definitely look at the website, definitely play around a bit and see what you can, you know, donate your cause to and donate your time to. Definitely worth checking out. All right, folks, always the fun part of the show. We love to hear what people bring on for their Uncommon Gem. So Divya, do you mind telling the folks at home what your Uncommon Gem is? Yeah, I'm excited because you actually know this show. So I'm <laughs> excited to talk to someone about someone who actually knows it. Um, I picked the television show Home Movies. which is an animated television show. It was created by Brendan Small and Lauren Bouchard. Uh, the main character is Brendan Small, who's an eight-year-old <laughs> and an aspiring filmmaker. So he and his two friends make films together. They're very serious about it. So they're essentially like running a film studio out of their basement. So the show is about their home life, their school life, and then these movies that they turn out. Really fun show. I think we have to like, we should really paint the picture too, because this is like one of the very first Adult Swim shows. Yeah. Definitely one of the very first premiere ones. So, you know, Adult Swim at that time was kind of like an underground thing. Like it ran a lot of syndicated animated shows like Family Guy and stuff like that. But they had their very rare shows such as home movies. And the animation style is always what draws me to the show because it, I think even if it were made today, it would still look as shitty as it does, but I think it's on purpose, you know? Like, it very much looks like something you would make in Microsoft Paint, um, <laughs> but it, it's so good. It's so good. It, it draws so much attention still, even though it's that bad. 
and I think it adds to the characters too, especially Brandon, the way he's designed is like really squirmy, really like pointed nose and all this stuff, pointed hair. And he definitely looks like a young child, but in this really weird animated way. I love this show. I love the show so much. It might be one of the very first shows I saw in Adult Swim, honestly. But yeah, it's just so funny. And I think we really have to shout out uh, Coach McGurk, voiced by H. John Benjamin, one yes. of the stronger characters in the show. Beautiful swan. All right, we got to talk. Uh, we're kind of in the middle of Why do I have to find out from Lynch that we're not, you know, together? What? I want answers right now. Okay, well, actually, really, we're not together. Oh, great. So uh, that's it then? Uh, what about the other night? That meant nothing to you? Oh, God. Um, what night? Not now, Jason. I'll kill you! Kid, I got no beef with you. You passed out of my car. That's it. Hey, what? That's not something? Jason, stop. Hey. But yeah, uh, what it, what exactly about the show like draws your attention so much, especially like from that era? Because there's a lot of other funny shows going on. Yeah, I, I mean, it is really just so funny. And I think you were saying the animation is a draw. I was thinking that might be why not many people know of it because it's, <laughs> I think if you just like are flipping through channels and you see that you're just like oh god what is this <laughs> but I think the show has like such a great mix of humor and heart you know like it is very funny but there's always some real emotion going on for the characters and then every episode or I think almost every episode they make a move the kids make a movie That's and right. then that movie thematically ties into what's going on with the characters so I think it's like cool to see kind of this issue or what they're going through from different angles and kind of how they process it creatively. So read that last thing back to me and really sell it big. Okay, Jason comes in and he says, uh -huh. you're acting like a barbarian. Acting like a barbarian. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And then I stopped writing. Okay. That's that right. was, where, that was that's not where even I think the joke is. Because that's where I think the joke is. No, Melissa, the scene went on for No, because the, I know, but the, uh, hey, the irony whoa. of you saying to him. Um, uh, uh, okay. I think, you know what? what? I think I, I, think think I know. Uh, I think I know if you. I don't want my it scenes I, edited by you, Melissa. Okay, well, um, this is tough, and uh, I think I hate doing this. Yeah, and then I just also love the mix of realism and absurdity. Like, the dialogue is all incredibly natural and real, and I think a lot of it was actually improvised. And That's right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I actually was reading into it. So what they would do, too, is especially in the later seasons, was that they would pretty much give the, the voice actors a premise, like, okay, this is what we're going for, and this is, like, the theme of the episode, but y'all can just kind of pick and choose your dialogues here. And yeah, I think that's incredible for a show to do. I mean, it's very rare to hear of a fully improvised show, but for an animated show, this works so well, especially given how wacky these characters can be at times. I really love, especially his friends. Oh, what's the names? Hold Jason on. and Melissa. Jason and Melissa, that's right. Those friends, oh my God, they're always, you know, amping up in such different ways and they really add on to the whole movie aspect when they're filming the movies themselves. But yeah, I, I, I really love that improvised aspect. Uh, I think... They really take it and run with it, and it, it's funny. Like, I was a younger child at that time watching the show. I'm probably too young to watch a show, so at that time, you just would have thought that's just, like, a natural show, natural thing, but because it was improvised, I think that definitely adds, like, to so much of the comedy element in my life because I became an improv comedian, and seeing how much of that off-the-cuff stuff can play off in comedy is so crazy. Like, I don't know how they can manage to do that in an animated show. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's impressive that it's so funny and it's impressive, you know, like it's easy to improvise and just <laughs> not be funny. But the fact that they were able to get, cause it, it still feels like very, I mean, I'm sure they did many takes, but it feels like very tight and very to the point, the jokes are there. Um, so mm -hmm. the fact that it was 
largely improvised, I think it's really impressive. And it, and it does just give that like extra level of realism where people aren't speaking in these really polished ways. It feels like a real conversation. <laughs> you know, characters are laughing over one another. I always love that. that too. Yeah, it, there's definitely the true awkward moments of like a real like school conversation in the show. And the, you could tell like the actors are just like, nope, we're running with it. I'm curious, so what exactly of the show do you uphold so much? Is there, like, a specific thing it, like, kind of added to your comedy career or set you off in your comedy path? I mean, I think one of the things that I just really admired about it was kind of the power of having great characters and a strong story. Because, again, like, the animation is not, it does look like it's (laughs) created in paint. But, like, that, but it's not a detractor at all. Like, in some ways it does very much fit the show because it's these kids making like zero budget movies just with what they have so the animation style kind of falls in line with that but like it's not it's not this high budget thing but it's still such a great show and really the stories and the characters shine through that and then I think also just like I wouldn't say it's set off my comedy career but I I think I reference it mentally just as I continue because like as a quote unquote creative, I do relate to Brendan's character. Like you see him go through a lot of the same things we do, right? Like I think there's one episode where he and Jason and Melissa want to run away and become starving bohemian artists and just focus on their craft. Um, There's another episode where he has writer's block. There's an episode where he wants to, I think like the movie Memento had just come out. So he wanted to jump on that trend of doing (laughs) films backwards as part of that. So it's just like all these things that are actually like very relatable if you're someone who does comedy or does any type of art to like relate to those struggles. And I think like seeing it through the perspective of a kid, it's like kind of a beautiful reminder to just do what you love because you love it. Mm. You know, like I remember as a kid making dumb movies and sketches and song parodies with my friends. And I'm sure if I looked back on it now, It was probably all terrible, (laughs) but we loved it. Like we had fun, it brought us joy. And now I feel like there's a lot of pressure to, you know, around getting followers and making it big and yada, yada. So I feel like it can be easy to lose sight of just the joy of creating. And so it's kind of nice, like seeing, kind of hearkening back to when you were a kid and it was just something that you were really passionate about and you loved and to try to kind of recapture that, that love. Oh, I love that. I really do. I mean, especially because, you know, as a comedian, that's what you want to hold on to the most. You know, what brings you joy, what brings uniqueness to your set, what brings uniqueness to your comedy. And I really love that approach to it, um, especially in these days. I don't know, like as I grow older and watch more of these animated shows, you know, there are some that are good. Like certain episodes of Rick and Morty do get me laughing. Certain episodes of uh, Bob's Burgers definitely get me laughing. But there are certain shows that are just now just so crude to a point where you're like okay so this is what animated comedy is you know it's just (laughs) blood guts and gore and a stupid joke here and there and i think what this show definitely did was it don't be wrong they definitely went down certain routes of (laughs) getting dark i can't ignore that but it definitely had a lightheartedness to it all the time and i think that's really important about the show i think even you know it has kids in it but it's not a kid show but it had like a very there was like a very genuine kind of sweetness around it where I don't know, like, it's not, it's not like a mushy show, like, it is very funny, and, you know, parts of it are very dark, and it is adult humor, but there's just, like, a, a real genuine soul to it, I don't know how to, yeah. how to say that. 
how often do you go back to home movies? Have you been like recently checking out episodes or every now and again do you go back to do an episode? So this is probably just like a terrible coping mechanism that I have, but I do like, I, I will like repeatedly go back to old shows that I love and just like completely rewatch over and over again to like the point where it's not healthy. <laughs> like I'll just rewatch <laughs> these old shows. And so home movies is one of those. Cause it does hold up. Like, I think it's funny enough that you can just like keep rewatching it and you'll like pick up new jokes or just it will continue to be funny. Um, so there are times when I'll just like really go through like all of the seasons and just rewatch nightly. I luckily have taken a break from that. So maybe that's a sign of healing on my part, but uh, yeah, I do just, I'll like go back occasionally and just rewatch or I'll be like, oh, I, I remember this episode. I really just want to see it again. And you know, folks, if you are listening to it, definitely check it out. You can, uh, I think it's on HBO Max right now. I think I saw that when I was scrolling there. I think like she said, though, as Divya was mentioning, it definitely holds up, it, especially at that time too. That's the other thing. 99 is a weird year for comedy. It's like, you know, we're getting more into technology. We're getting more into like weirder politics and stuff like that. And I, I, I think to, for a show to hold up like that, well, I think that's pretty strong to the writers and strong to the voice actors themselves. But yeah, there's just so much into this world, too. I think the world building the show does is really fun, too. Because it takes place mainly at the school, mainly at soccer field or wherever the coach is. But once you start going further and further past, like once you start going to the restaurants, when you start going to the malls where these characters exist and strive in, it's crazy. It's really crazy. I'm trying to think. Like I haven't seen the show in so long. And I, like I said, it's definitely one of the first shows I saw. And it was like such a it was such an interesting lineup for Adult Swim too because it was like that show, C Lab twenty twenty one, like Harvey Birdman, all these like random random shows, but it was just one of the standouts for sure. And I I don't know what about it that made it stand out so much though. That's the thing. <laughs> well, I think the other cool thing too that I feel like, which is one of the reasons. Well, do you find that this is like a an uncommon gem? Like, do you do people you talk to know about this show? So that's the thing. Yeah, I. I a lot of people my age definitely know home movies, definitely know of home movies, but anyone younger or older, I feel like that's where I find the problem of they don't know what home movies is, which is kind of weird. I think it's also that weird phase of, because Adult Swim, for those that don't know, it airs after Cartoon Network, kind of like in the later hours. So if you're watching Cartoon Network late enough, it would then become Adult Swim. And I think that's kind of how a lot of people got hooked onto it, honestly, because it was one of the very first shows that they would air. And I, I think that's why a lot of my friends at least know what it is. But I definitely have run into the problem of, okay, they don't know home movies. They don't know C-Lab 2021. And I, I, I'm i not saying that's funny I, or, or odd, actually, because as I grow older, you know, I've come to learn a lot of people don't know a lot of things. It definitely is an uncommon gem for sure. A thousand ten percent for sure. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Too. I think probably because it aired so late at night. And I guess you just had to have like irresponsible parents to be able to see, <laughs> to see it. <laughs> and I think it was also like, obviously this was in the age before streaming. So it wasn't like mm. you could find this elsewhere. You like, you really just had to be at the TV to be able to see this at that time. Yeah. So I think that's where a lot of people missed it or it's not, it didn't become as popular. But I think it's kind of crazy too, because there were so many famous comedians who were voice actors in that show. It's like H. John Bennett and Benjamin, who a lot of people know for Bob's Burgers and Archer. He he voices Coach McGurk and Jason, Brendan's friend. 
Paula Poundstone. With the girl in class who everybody think is cute, you know? I, I was, uh, oh, I, I bumped into a guy just a couple of years ago who I was in the fifth or sixth grade with, and he said to me, and I, and I know he meant this to be complimentary, he said to me, he said, you know, all the other guys liked the pretty girls, but I always liked you. <laughs> I know he... And then there were like minor roles or guest appearances by Mitch Hedberg. And you're going to go after her after that. Brandon, no way would I put myself in that position again, man. I'm not crazy. If I'm going to give out advice, I'm certainly going to take it myself, right? What kind of hypocrite would I be to give you some advice that I don't take myself? Um, hello? I, I, yeah, I'm trying to think what kind of a hypocrite it would be. Um, semi-hypocrite. Yeah, that'd be the one, man. Emo Phillips, Jen Kirkman, Eugene Merman. So it's like all of these really, really big names were involved in the show. Like it's kind of a beautiful comedy mecca that were was in this terribly animated, beautiful show. <laughs> it's cool to respect the OGs in that way, you know, especially as we've grown and moved on from certain sets of comedy, like to kind of go back and have this, as you said, comedy mecca. You know, you can kind of go back and see all the greats play in one little playground. What more could you want out of that? Yeah, and that's definitely, that was also, I think, part of the joy. Not at the time, I think I didn't know as much, but like when I rewatch and then I hear, I think I was like rewatching and I was like, wait, is that, that's not Mitch Hed Hedberg. That's just like <laughs> someone doing his, his affect. And then you look it up and it's like, oh my God, that was actually Mitch Hedberg was voicing these characters. Let me ask you a question, just because I'm curious. Like, so as you mentioned, you know, um, H. John Benjamin, he definitely got a boost out of this. This is probably like what really set his career ablaze, if you ask me. Uh, either way, I think he he would have had a great career because that voice is just so iconic. But let me ask you, do you think this show in any way helped or aid kind of where we got to with animation now? Like, do you think it definitely like set off anything for animation where it is now as far as comedy? It's a good question. I mean, I think because the tools like the technology back then also just was not where it is now like i think maybe from the perspective of like you can like you can have this type of animation and still like put forward a show but i do feel like after this show i mean there were a few other like dr Katz had kind of a slightly similar animation style and then there were a few other shows that were kind of in the same vein that had a similar animation style so i think there was kind of this it did prove out, I think, that you didn't have to necessarily have an extremely like artistic or stylistic animation or drawn style for this type of show to work. But I can't I it's hard for me to say how that yeah. influenced animation or other shows. Like because obviously South Park is like another big example of having not the <laughs> the best animation style, but that very much working for the show and being able to draw an audience. But I don't know if there's there was really any connection between the two. What are some of your favorite characters? Who are some of your favorite standout characters? I mean, I do love, of course, Coach McGurk, who is voiced by H. John Benjamin. And so for people who don't know, it kind of does feel like in some ways a precursor to Archer, just like, you know, <laughs> the normal guy version of Archer, like if Archer weren't super spy and if instead he were a soccer coach, like this is the life he would live. So it's like Coach McGurk, like he ha he lives in a terrible apartment. He has a drinking problem. He's chronically single. He's terrible at being a soccer coach, which is his job. So it's just like, he's just such a mess and so dysfunctional, but so funny. Uh, and just his like relationship with the kids where 
I don't want to say it's inappropriate, but he definitely, he definitely treats is the- very <laughs> open. He's very like I, I'll say it. <laughs> it's pretty inappropriate. He is talking to these kids some foul stuff. Very interesting stuff. Yeah, yeah. He, he very much treats them as like peers and friends, but they're eight, <laughs> so they should not be at all. Um, so I love that. I'm just saying this has never happened to me before. This is the first time he's been smart. Okay, because you know, Brendan is smart. He is smart. Yeah. It's just weird how it happens. Sometimes dumb people have smart kids. I'll just. Um... I, I also just really love Brendan. He's like so. He's so passionate and dedicated about film, but he's also like kind of insecure and a little bit neurotic. Like there are definitely episodes where you can see him kind of struggling to maintain creative control with like Jason and Melissa and then just his family situation too. He lives with his divorced mom and uh, he doesn't, growing up, he didn't have a relationship with his father. And then I think in season two, he like meets his dad and really starts building a relationship with his dad. So you kind of see him go through that process and just like the insecurity of like what his place in the family and his relationship with his family, I think is is really interesting too. Can we get a chocolate lab? Yes, chocolate lab. Lab is short for Labrador. Chocolate Labrador. Chocolate Labradore. <laughs> chocolate Labrador. Can I get this in writing? You know what, we're gonna use the owner system. Brendan, quick like a bunny, right now. Woof. <laughs> Should I uh, pet the cat or anything, you think? You know what, if you can pet the cat, go ahead. I find really? it a little snooty. That's what I hear. I, I love a show that you can like paint yourself onto the characters. I really do love that. And yeah, I mean, we, we've all been in Brandon's shoes, you know, young kid just trying to create for creation's sake. And I, I think they do that character really well, <laughs> especially for some reason, like you said, like he definitely has his adolescence about him, but he also has this really odd maturity about him. Like, I don't know. It's definitely like, it might be the voice. It might be the voice actor uh, who's also named Brandon Small. Very funny. Yeah. Something about it just comes off mature to me. Yeah, I do. I do love how they, I think they do a great job of capturing the perspective of eight-year-olds. Like, you can definitely, when they talk about certain things, you're like, oh, yeah, they're eight. Like, of course, this is how they see the world. <laughs> but then also they give them this maturity where they, like, they sometimes will make references to things where you're like, you know, <laughs> as an eight-year-old, you would not know that. No like, eight-year-old would know that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think Brendan in one episode, like, makes a reference to the movie Caligula. <laughs> it's just like, no, <laughs> you 100% should not know that reference. Okay, so we you had mentioned that a lot of people don't know about it. So I'm, I'm curious, like whenever you do mention it to them, what do, or what do people who don't know about the show say to you about this show if they do watch it? Like if you do convince them to watch it, I have not been able to convince people to watch it because I think Man. part of it is like, yeah, you have to have like a subscription service or it like costs money on Prime mm. or YouTube. Um, yeah, maybe I should just like have a, a screening. Because I think people would love this show if they saw it. I think so, too, especially, you know, the improv comedy aspect. I think I think if you didn't tell anyone it was improv comedy, they would kind of be like, okay, I see why it's funny. And then lay that on them. I think it'd be surprising, actually. But I don't know. I, I definitely have recommended it to some friends who are more into Adult Swim shows who have never seen it. And they definitely walk away pretty positive. They definitely don't say, you know, it's anything the greatest Adult Swim show they've ever seen. But they definitely walk away with it with a positive attitude. I've never met anyone say anything bad about the show, like, yet, to me. Yeah, you'd, I'm have sure to be, out there. you'd have to be a monster. You'd have to be <laughs> a monster that doesn't love comedy and good storytelling. 
let me ask you this in a hypothetical situation if they brought the show back today would you definitely like if they brought all the voice actors too would you be on board oh my gosh of course yeah <laughs> i wonder though if they picked up from where they left off i think that would be interesting especially since i think in season four they kind of one of the through lines for the season was you kind of see Brendan start to lose his love for filmmaking, mm. um, which I think was like really sad, <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but meaningful. And, and it makes sense, you know, like you see him kind of start to fall out of love and just want to be a kid instead of working all the time, which I think is also, you know, can be relatable too. So I'd be interested if they picked it up from there or they could do, because it's been so long, you know, you could have him be, in, in college, like he could be a film major in college. I feel like that, I'm not sure how I would feel about that. That might be a lot to handle emotionally <laughs> to see the characters <laughs> grown up, but it would be, it'd be really interesting. I agree. Part of me, I know they would still take the animation styles, still keep that intact, but I would love to see like how modern technology enhances that kind of like old school animation. You know, I would love to see how they play with that. It leaves the mind open, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I would hope that they keep, yeah, they keep the same animation style. Because I, I think it would just be mm. weird if it were all of a sudden they now have five fingers on their hands and <laughs> they're actually wearing shoes instead of just, just one long onesie. <laughs> it would be a great Halloween costume, I think about it as a home movie character, honestly. Well, that would be good, one... yeah. It'd be pretty, pretty low maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> just one set piece of clothing you're getting. Yeah. What are some of your favorite episodes? I think one, I mean, I, I truly do love every episode. Um, <laughs> one that, that I like, it, it was called, I think it was season, season two or three. It's the one called Broken Dreams. And it's like Brendan trying to study for a test. Do you remember that one? Yep, yep. <laughs> and then it, kind of the parallel storyline is Coach McGurk is trying to become a lifeguard. <laughs> <laughs> but he like can't swim or do any of the things. Um, so you just see Brendan kind of dealing with this insecurity of feeling like he's stupid and like wanting to really like try and study, but he's just, he's just not that type of person that like can sit down <laughs> and study. So he like goes to the library and he's like trying to do this, but he's like, it's really stressing him out. He's like having nightmares of, of being called stupid by Melissa, who's like the smart one in their group. And so he goes to the library and then Coach McGurk like gets injured while trying to become a lifeguard. He like hits his head and basically has a concussion and see and meets Brendan at the library and is just like completely babbling and making nonsense. And then Brendan like falls asleep and then you, Coach McGurk appears in his dream and he's just saying... <laughs> I don't know, this is not going to be funny to anyone else, but <laughs> you hear Coach McGurk saying, a quarter for the bus, a quarter for the bus. And he's like reading a poem in real life. <laughs> it's just like so absurd. I don't know. I, that line cracks me up every time that he's just like completely concussed and nonsensical and now reading this poem that is seeping into Brendan's dreams. Thanks. Do you have a quarter for the bus? You take the bus when you're dead? Sure. But I don't have any money. A quarter for the bus. But I don't have any. A quarter for the bus. But I don't have any money. A quarter for the bus. Quarter for the bus. Quarter for the bus. The end. Brendan. What? The end. What are you reading? Quarter for the bus. 
Why are you reading me that? I'm trying to sleep. I just thought you'd like it. Yeah. <laughs> An episode that always stuck out to me, I think it was one of the earlier ones too, was when Brandon actually learns how to become an actor i think he's like learning how to be an actor and there's just so much about it especially a lot of my friends that have been behind the camera that then get in front of the camera have experienced so much of the same like issues and struggles and it's just so funny seeing this character like struggle so hard trying to get lines right or like when to get timing right for certain scenes and i think i think that's really lovely that they put the filmmaker in front of the lens every now and again and i really love that episode for sure yeah and i think also just that it's very relatable of like you know you're doing one thing but you know as an artist you're you try to diversify and like experiment with other roles do you remember the episode where it's like an improv group comes oh, and no, it's like i don't think i've seen this one. <laughs> oh, it's called i think it's called improving your life through improv and it's like Brendan was making fun of a kid. And so he was like punished to go through this, like he and, and everyone else basically were punished to go th through this like sensitivity training, but it's taught by an improv group. <laughs> and it's just great. Cause it's like terrible improv. And like one of the people in it is just doing it for community service. And so they leave as soon as their hours are up. Yeah, that's a fun one too. Just to see that take on, on improv. What's your name? Brendan. Okay, Brendan, we're going to play an improvisational game called Freeze Tag. But first, audience, we need to give Brendan an occupation. Cement mixer. I heard dental hygienist. I didn't. What about an occupation for me? A shoemaker. A horse I heard window washer. Window washer, good one. Okay, Brendan, you and I are in. I have this issue because I haven't seen the show in so long. I have this issue where like, I remember specific moments. Like, obviously, the very first episode is pretty iconic because that's when Coach McGurk and Brandon's mom are about to go on a date. And that's how Brandon finds out that <laughs> they're going on a date. Um, really funny interactions in that episode, too. But for, for the very first episode, I thought it was pretty good. Solid beginning. Yeah, that did have... I feel bad that I keep harping on it, but that did have like the worst animation. Like I remember just watching like <laughs> how they made Brendan move and it's just like- <laughs> It's like a blue dot. Yeah, yeah just... <laughs> it's just like his feet are just like going up and down repeatedly. And then they just like jettison him across the screen. <laughs> it's like something I would make at that time. But it's so good, yeah. I Another moment I also, I can't remember which, it was the episode where Coach McGurk is having insomnia, so he can't sleep. So he's at soccer practice and he's just like so out of it because he's so sleep deprived. And Melissa is trying to talk to him because they he's not telling them what to do. So she's like, can we, can we stop stretching? Like we've been doing this for 20 <laughs> minutes. And he's just like, what? And then he starts getting, she's like trying to talk to him and help him. And he's just getting annoyed because he's so, irritable from sleep deprivation and then she gets upset and she's like i was just trying to help you and then <laughs> coach mcgurk yells like every other woman in my life <laughs> <laughs> such a good line and so inappropriate to say <laughs> to an eight-year-old so funny <laughs> honestly really fun show the last season was really sad to me like i try not to I do love the last episode, but I try not to watch it too often because it, it's 
genuinely makes me sad. Because <laughs> um, in the last episode, they, I think they run a focus group about their movies. And of course, then it's just with their peers, like their classmates. And obviously it doesn't get good reviews because their movies aren't great. <laughs> like they're, mm. they're movies made by eight-year-olds. And so, so it's like that kind of stress of like, you know, you think you've done something really great and then you get feedback and it's not great feedback. But then also it's kind of the end where Brendan, I think, really is like pulling away from doing filmmaking. So then the last scene in that episode is they're all in a car driving, I think driving to get food or ice cream or something. And Brendan's camera falls out of the car and like breaks. And you just see him like looking back at his camera that's now gone and broken. And like that's and then the episode ends. It's just like so, like such a great end, I think, to the series, but also just really, like in a really sad way. Hits you where it hurts. Who would have thought a show this poorly animated (laughs) (laughs) would would go for the deep cut like that? (laughs) I know, so many emotions. Divya, do you have any last words you want to say about home movies for the people at all? Just watch it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so good. And it, it truly is a joy just discovering, like stumbling upon the voices of some of these really beloved, amazing comedians. Um, and just, it really is like genuinely great storytelling uh, and great characters. So it's it's a good time. And check it out. It's on HBO Max. I just checked. I just double checked. It's on HBO Max, folks. So if you got HBO Max, you're good to go. There's also this thing called YouTube. I'm sure if you look up on YouTube, you can find a couple of clips, maybe a couple of episodes. Because the show, like I said, it's 99. The show is pretty old. So, you know, you got some chances to see it. Folks, as always, definitely check out UNICEF. That is U-N-I-C-E-F dot org. Once you get to the website, you have many ways to look to donate for different causes and different ways to support and participate with UNICEF. So please check it out. Please always pay attention to the news, folks, more so than what's going on here in the states definitely pay attention to what's going on in the world try to help out as many people as possible i think we all we're all humans here i think we can all definitely do that and be a better part of the society in that way divya please let the people know where they can find you please let the people know what you got going on yeah you can find me on instagram at divya underscore undone and i'm usually on shows in the city and i run my monthly firestarter show follow me to find out when and where that is Always a pleasure. Thank you so much for hopping on the show. Do you have any last words for the people before you go, though? I don't think so. Just thank you for having me. This is this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Folks, we'll be back again next Friday. Got another episode coming for you right away. Till then, take care, all right? Peace out, y'all. Mm-hmm.